Comic Book Tales is an immersive comic book experience for the new or lapsed comic book fan. I take a closer look at the comics that shaped my childhood and influenced my adulthood. Comic books are an amazing entry into another world and even provide the pictures to complete the fantasy. Join me for a new Comic Book Tales adventure. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Tales. In this issue, we're going to talk about what makes a good villain. And it seems like a strange topic because when you read a comic book, most people are looking for the hero and the overcoming the villain. But I want to talk about the villain today because I think that you have to have a villain or a villainous situation in which the hero can overcome. Without the villain, there is no hero. There's just people with powers and colored costumes. So let's look at a, a villain and what you need to have to make a perfect villain. So over the 50-plus years of uh, Marvel Comics, there have been highlighted villains, and there have been run-of-the-mill people who might have been in one issue or two issues, and that was it. You never saw them again because they were so insignificant. Uh, there, was a, there was a gentleman in uh, Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, who would ride a roller skate, Rocket Skater, I believe his name was, and he would steal purses and steal from the banks riding a rocket-powered roller or a rocket-powered uh, skateboard. It was dumb. It was trying to catch capture roller skating. It was in the 70s. It was trying to capture the roller skating at the time. It made no sense. It was so stupid. But those things exist because there had to be a villain. Because if you look at a comic book, every week there has to be a new crisis. We don't we don't see the mundane of going through life. Now, in the Marvel comics, you tend to see a little bit more of that. But we don't see the typical mundane of, I woke up, I went to school, I had to sit through a test, I did the test, I, I came home, I had to do my homework. You don't see that because it's not interesting. So we see what's interesting uh, as part of their lives, and you have a lot of stuff cut out. But from week to week and from month to month in, in the comic... There has to be a, a, a theme or a story. Now, in the early part of the Marvel Universe, the stories were one-shot deals. So every issue was a different villain or different crisis that they had to deal with. Stanley introduced the multi-part, which got into typically maybe two issues, maybe three if it was really, really involved. Uh, but typically they were wrapped up after that point. As time has progressed, the Marvel Universe has gotten into larger and larger events, as we've talked about in the past, where these events can take you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 issues across multiple books and, and over months of period of time to resolve themselves. But the overarching theme is there has to be a villain or a situation that causes this. Is the Earth going to explode? Is the Earth going to die? Is somebody trying to destroy us? And the villain in, in that setup has to be believable. Okay, so if you just saw the Avengers 2, Age of Ultron, you were meant to believe that Ultron was malevolent and wanted to destroy the universe. Destroy, not sorry, the universe, but the planet. Because he thought robot life was better than human life and less corruptible and you know, for many number of reasons. But if you watch that movie, and as I commented in my review of it, he went from existence to malevolence in two or three minutes of screen time. That makes it hard for the audience to understand and relate that how does this happen? How does he get born and suddenly become evil, as we subscribe to it, so quickly? It, it doesn't make any sense. And there was some behind-the-scenes stuff to try to explain that, but the reality is that the villain has to be one 
believable that they could exist. You know, you you have to suspend disbelief to a point when you talk about comic books. You can't just assume every comic book character could exist in the real world. Once you enter the Marvel universe, a lot more possibilities exist, and therefore you have to accept that there might be a multicolored, um, costumed uh, hero running down the street at any time in New York City. You, you just have to assume that, or you're not into the, the universe, and you're not going. You're, you haven't suspended disbelief for everything else. So, what do we want to see in this villain? Has to be believable. Has to believe there's a reason for this villain to exist, and they have to believe that they have an actual motivation that makes sense. You can't just wake up one day and say, mm, I think I'm going to be evil today. There has to be a reason. Something was done to them by someone. Typically, it's a revenge theme. I mean, we can all relate to event, revenge. And I think that's the part. We, we can relate to the issues the villain has. We've all been slighted at some point. We've all been mistreated by someone or something at some point. So, therefore, it makes it easier for us to relate to that villain, and that's what has to happen. You have to you have to believe in this villain that they could exist, and you have to believe in their problem. You know, it's harder to believe in Doctor Doom trying to control the universe and trying to control the the Earth, except if you have that megalomaniacal uh, feeling about yourself that I'm perfect. Why can't everybody else see that about me? then you probably love Dr. Doom because he relates to what you think of the universe and the, and the world. If you're, on the other hand, you're saying, oh, you know, that, that guy cut me off in traffic, you're probably not real, you're relatable, but you don't, you can't believe to be existing in the real world. You're not becoming a supervillain because somebody cut you off in traffic. It's just not a believable rationale for your behavior. You know, Frank Castle becomes the Punisher because his family was murdered and he's tired of all the criminals getting away with things and he's going to go make them pay. He's going to kill the criminals. He's going to go out of his way to train and support everything he can to kill every criminal he finds. That's his motivation. And it's something we can relate to. Now, you know, if there was a mass murderer running around doing this, would he team up with any heroes? Probably not. So that part isn't real believable. But... These things happen. So we said they have to be believable. Their motivation has to be believable and rational for the level of violence they create. And the third thing is they have to believe that what they're doing is the right thing for them. Not necessarily right for everybody else, but the right thing for them. And I think that's where we tend to gloss over. And I think comic books do an excellent job of this most of the time. And they... They don't portray somebody as inherently evil. Now, the Red Skull is inherently evil. He just He's evil sometimes for the sake of being evil. But a lot of these other characters are trying to get something or create something or finish something or be something. And that's why they do what they do. But they, they aren't evil. They don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to be evil today. They want to accomplish a goal, just like you or I would in our daily lives. We get up and we have goals to accomplish, whether it's to get something done at work, get something done at our homes, get something done with our children. We relate to getting something done, and that's all a good villain in a comic book is. They're trying to accomplish a goal. 
I need to rob this bank so that I can get enough money to take over this territory for crime or to to buy the the kidney for my child because that's what they need to survive or any any sort of motivation where you've gotten step two or what's the, what's the rational motivation they've got a goal so they're not inherently evil they do evil things because that's what they do to accomplish their goal they could just as easily be doing something good but it wouldn't necessarily accomplish their goal you don't get a, a huge reward uh, for stopping a bank robbery as you might get for robbing the bank. You, you might steal you know, $300,000 from a bank, but the reward might be $1,000. So it's more lucrative to be doing the bad than it is to do the good. So if you need a lot of money, you're not going to be the hero who expects to get paid. You're going to be the villain who expects to get paid. And I think that's the problem that some people can't relate to. They go, well, they're, they're just evil to be evil. And like I said, the Red Skull, yeah, probably is. Uh, but the rest of them, not really so much as I've got something I need to accomplish. I've got an organization I'm trying to come up with. I've got um, just something I'm trying to do. The last thing is they have to be believable that they could actually be a threat. Not believable that they have a power, they have a, a, a reason, but believable that they could be a, an actual threat. Um, when we talk about uh, some guy in the street, you or I robbing a bank, we're not really a threat to a superhero because we we don't pose a power difference that's, that's sufficient. We're, we're normal human beings and we don't really have a threat to that character. So there's no real conflict because... Spider-Man can wrap me up in a web, and I can't really do much about it. And he does a lot of that, certainly early on in the comics and in the movies, where he just he gets bank robbers because it's easy, and he's just going by. You know, as it, as time progresses, uh, Thanos trying to destroy the Marvel universe. You know, that's not something we are. That's something we might ascribe to if we really want to create havoc and evil. But we. We have to be a threat to the hero. You know that's why you don't see uh, Captain America chasing down bank robbers or um, Spider-Man. You know, going getting shoplifters. It, it doesn't. There's not a. There's a power difference here, and it just doesn't make sense. Let the the normal police can handle those those issues. I have bigger things to take care of. I have evil uh, supervillains to take care of. So the supervillain has to be believable in some sense that they truly are something that I would actually come across and would require my skill set and my power set. So all those things combined can create a good villain. If you're missing one of those elements, one of the other three elements could possibly, uh, take over for that deficient element and make it somewhat believable. But it, you have to believe that this person really is doing this for some reason, and and they could, and that's the t- the toughest thing to overcome. So when you're looking at a villain in a, in a comic book or to, in a movie, if they don't have a good motivation, or you don't have enough history of this person, or it's not enough mystery about why why is this going on, and it doesn't make rational sense, then suddenly the villain becomes um, two dimensional. And you, you've you've watched a movie, you've watched these movies where the villain is just shooting at you, just to shoot at you because that's what the script calls for. But there's no 
There's no feeling behind it. There's no, I want to destroy the, the, the hero because of this, because of X, or you're trying to stop me from accomplishing Y. If those are missing, you, ha- you don't have a good villain. And in my opinion, we've got a lot of good supervillains, and we've got some people who are just filling space. Uh, we've got people who really, it was uh, assistant editor week, or there was a new artist or a new um, author, writer, and they just had to come up with something. And this was it. So that's what they did. And it doesn't really help us. It doesn't advance the story. It's just a filler space until we get to the next uh, big villain. Uh, you see this on TV a lot, uh, especially in U.S. television where you have 22 to 24 episodes a season. You get some of those clunkers who you're sitting there going, what? What were the writers thinking when they put this together? Well, they're thinking I need to come up with an episode, and we only have a certain number of episodes that fit this larger story arc. So we're just going to throw this in here because we need to get paid and we need to have an episode this week. And you sit there going, it really doesn't advance anything. It doesn't make me feel, I don't know any more about the characters than I did before that. But yet I watched it because I watched all the others. And that's what they're hoping for, that they'll give you enough good ones to outshine the clunkers. Um, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, you know. But the same thing happens in comic books. They, they've got to fill typically 12 issues a year, maybe more, depending on if they do multiple issues in a summer or if they're in other um, books for crossovers, they got to fill that. So what are they going to plan out for the story arc? And it's gotten better over the last 15 to 20 years where they've got larger story arcs, which you, at least there's a thought behind why they're doing it. Whereas in the past, it was just you know, the villain of the week. And that didn't really give you a lot of um, good villains in, in that period of time. So to me... As I've said, the good villain has to have all those characteristics. And once they do, they become the pantheon of good villains. Ultron in the Marvel comics, he has motivation. He's believable in his hatred. He is uh, malevolent based upon his history with Hank Pym. He has the power to require the Avengers to go after him. He has all of those things that you wake up and go, okay, I believe he wants to destroy me. I believe he's a powerful enough villain that we need to get this team together. And he could beat us. You know, that's maybe that's the last one. Can they? Can he actually, can he or she, the villain, actually have a shot of beating the hero um, in that power source? And that kind of ties in with, you know, the shoplifter is not going to compete with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, Ultron is that type of power powerful villain who you do need everything. You need your A-game to defeat. And that's what makes a good villain. Khan the Conqueror, Ultron, Thanos, Loki. These are people that you think of, okay, I need to do the best I can, and I might lose, but I still need to try. You know, if there's a conflict where the, the hero could lose, that's what makes a good villain. So those are my thoughts. Please give me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Um, maybe we'll, at some point we'll talk about what makes a good hero because not all heroes are good. Um, not all heroes are worth reading. Uh, that's the, the challenge. But this was my villain um, motif. And tell me if you think that doesn't fit, if you think there's other characteristics that, that a villain should uh, exhibit to make them worthwhile as a villain. So if you check out more at HannahTreeProductions.com, you can get all our past episodes. You can check out the other podcasts we have on the site. Uh, you can buy things from Amazon. Uh, just click on one of the links and you'll be taken straight to Amazon. It doesn't even if you buy that product. You just click on the link and search for whatever you want. 
you buy it, you get your product for the same price, and we get a little bit to keep this show running. All right. Thank you very much. I'm Chad. I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.